0: excited about our time together today. As you guys know, we do this every every morning where we sit down, we reflect on the word, but before we do that, we read and reflect. We call this the read and rant because what we do is, is we spend 20 to 30 minutes every morning reading the scripture, and then we spend another 20 to 30 minutes reflecting on the scripture. And today we have the privilege of finishing the book of Daniel, guys. We've gone from Genesis now all the way to Daniel, and so this is exciting. And if, and if you if you're an OG in the game, you've been with us since since we read through the New Testament. Okay, we got some OGs in here who know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, you've been with us since we read the New Testament, so it's really exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to our time together as we read, and I'm looking forward to really like just to testify that we have read through the entire Bible together. Um, if you're an OG, you've been reading from the beginning then you could say right after we're done with Malachi that we've read through the entire Bible. If you're new in the game and maybe you're here from the beginning, I want to encourage you guys to uh, subscribe to the Read and Ramp podcast. The Read and Ramp podcast is available for you guys for replay. I know some of these replays aren't available right away. I'm also thinking about making some replays available right away for... Uh, first of all, let me say this. The replays are available right away for all our patrons. If you're a patron supporting us on Patreon... I wanna thank you for your support. And yes, the read and rants are all available right away on Patreon. Um now, if you are not a patron, it's still going to be available to you on our podcast, okay, on the Read and Rant podcast. I keep a consistent schedule there. So I wanna encourage you guys if you if you guys are now like jumping on to the Read and Rant, and I know for many of you, this has been a transformative endeavor for you. That you're you're actually reading through the Bible and you're reading it and seeing what it actually says. And so if um if you're looking to catch up and to get on track, listen, all the read and rant episodes are available on the Read and Rant podcast, which is available on Spotify and on Apple. So I'd encourage you guys to to go ahead and catch up. Okay. Go ahead and catch up. Um uh, catch up with the content there. And if you if you (laughs) You know, if you have caught up and you're like, wait, but when does this reading rant, this one that we're doing right now, when is that going to be available? Well, it'll be available right away on Patreon and it's available. You'll see a new one pop up on Tuesdays and Thursdays. This particular reading rant may not be available for another month or so, only because we want to keep a consistent schedule on our podcast. But I want to encourage you guys. Okay. I want to encourage you guys. Go read up, catch up because this will change your life. Just reading. Okay. If you want to just read with me and that's all you do, praise the Lord. Here we are. We're going to do it. If you want to hang and rant with me, because that's why we call it a rant. I've got nothing prepared. I don't have a sermon prepared or anything. I'm just here to just reflect on what the Lord is speaking into in that moment as we spend time in reading, then hang with me. But I really want you to read the word for yourself. That's what I want you to do. Read it for yourself. And if you do that, and if you walk away from the rant part and you just do the read part, that to me is a big W, okay? That to me is a win that you're just reading along with me. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Today we're on YouTube. So I got my YouTube fam who are on. I got a couple folks already jumping on YouTube. Thank you for joining. Go ahead and share it. One of the things I'm thinking about doing is making maybe two or three of these available every week on YouTube for you guys to watch in video format debating on that, um, prayerfully considering that, um, I might make this one available on YouTube. So the replay would be available on YouTube for you, but maybe I'll do every other still thinking about that. However, I want to test this out. I want to test this out, try this out, see what this is all about and to see how we can continue to grow as a community together. I will say this though. The landing spot is on discord. Okay. The landing spot is on discord. Definitely join our Discord community. We got people not only connecting with me, but connecting with each other. So I love it. I got a bunch of y'all right now watching or listening, technically, and commenting. And a lot of you guys, I'm starting to see this that you guys are praying for each other, that you guys are encouraging each other. I love that. I love that. And I want you. To, I want to see us do more of that together. I'm here to empower you. Okay, I'm here to create a space for you to grow in your relationship with Christ. And for some of you, you need a Representation of Jesus. Uh, for some of you, you need to deprogram and deconstruct a lot of the stuff that you've been taught about what the Bible says. And so what I want to do is actually just show you what the Bible says rather than not what somebody else told you about what the Bible says. And so I want to just, you know, I, I if I can deconstruct, remember, we did a we did a Bible study on this. Um we did a Bible study on this in our Patreon the golden calves of the church. And what we did was we deconstructed whatever you thought of, you know, as far as what the church is. You know, there's so many preconceived notions about the church that were programmed or conditioned into us because we grew up being told that that's what it is. That's what we're being told. This is what God is. This is what God is like. We've We've, we've been told this is what the church is and this is what it means to be the church. We've been told that, but then a lot of things that we've been told aren't actually scriptural. They're actually cultural. And so if we can go back and revisit all those things and deconstruct and see what the Bible actually says about certain things, man, it will set you free and it'll give you a more pure, uh, lucid, clear perspective and understanding of who God is and who his church is. So I'm on Patreon. I'm Isaac Frere, Isaac Frere on Patreon. So Anyway, love that you guys are all here today. We're finishing up the book of Daniel. We're going to be reading from Daniel chapter 11. And as I told you before, we just read for about 20 to 30 minutes and then we rant or we reflect on the word for about 20, to 30 minutes. I want to encourage you right now to go ahead and turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 11. And here's what we do. What we do is, is we ask three questions because this isn't a Bible study that's on Patreon on Wednesdays, by the way, join us for Bible study on Wednesday. We're still going to continue to journey through the book of Ephesians. Um, This isn't a Bible study. This is a meditation. Okay. This is a meditation of the word. Um, And so what I want to encourage you to do is to posture yourself to receive and to hear from God through your time or in your time in reading the word. So what you're going to ask is God, you ask three questions. You're going to ask God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? first question you're going to ask, God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? The second question you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning people? And the third question that you're going to ask is, God, what are you revealing concerning me? And I want you to prayerfully read through the scripture and ask that. Okay. Um, and I will say this, that I know some of you guys are watching right now. There are a whole, There's a whole community of people who aren't Christians who come here to listen and to hear whatever it is we have to say or just simply just witness what's transpiring. I want to say this to you. I'm glad you're here. Maybe you're not ready to pray that prayer, but I hope that even in your time in reading this, that you begin to see, hold on, maybe what people told me about the Bible and maybe what I grew up in church. Most atheists are actually church people. They're just ex-churched people. Um, maybe what I've been conditioned to believe, maybe that's not what it is. Maybe that's not what this is all about. Maybe it's it's something else. And so I want to encourage you guys to um, also just hang with us and spend some time with us. If you can't pray that prayer, all right, we're gonna pray and then we're gonna get started. Father, we ask that you would speak to us today as we engage in your word. Father, I pray that you would bless this time. You bless each and every person who's here. Um, Lord, as we meditate on your scripture, as we meditate on your word, Father, I just pray that you would um, speak specifically to us today. Um, Let me say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's do it. Let's go. Chapter 11, and it says this in Daniel chapter 11. It says, also, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to Confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will rise in Persia. And the fourth shall be far richer than them all by his strength, through his riches. He shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven not among his posterity, nor according to his dominion, which he ruled for his kingdom shall be uprooted even for others beside besides these. Also, the king of the south shall become strong as well as one of his princes and shall gain power over him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. And at the end, some at the end of some years. They shall join forces, for the daughters of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement. But she shall not retain the power of her authority, and neither he nor his authority shall stand. But she shall be given up with those who brought her, and with him who begot her, and with him who strengthened her in those times. But from a branch of her roots shall arise in his place, who shall come with an army, enter the fortress of the king of the north, deal with them and prevail. And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt with their princes and their precious articles of silver and gold. And he shall continue more years than the king of the north. Also, the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. However, his sons shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces. One shall certainly come and overwhelm and pass through. Then he shall return to his fortress and stir up strife. And the king of the south shall be moved with rage and go out and fight with them, with the king of the north, who shall muster a great multitude. But the multitude shall be given into the hand of the enemy when he has taken away the multitude, his heart, the multitude, sorry, when he has taken away the multitude, His heart will be lifted up and he will be cast down tens of thousands, but he will not prevail. For the king of the north will return and muster a multitude greater than the former and certainly come at the end of some years with a great army and much equipment. Now in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also, violent men of your people shall exalt them in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and build a siege map and take a fortified city and the forces of the south shall not withstand him. Even his choice troops shall have no strength to resist, but he who comes against him shall do according to his own will and no one shall stand against him. And he shall stand in a glorious land, which (coughs) sorry, glorious land with destruction in his power. He shall also set his face to enter with strength of his whole kingdom, and upright ones with him. Thus shall he do. And he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy him. But he shall not stand with him or be for him. After this, he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall take many. But a ruler shall bring the reproach against them to the end. And with the reproach removed, he shall turn back on him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. There shall arise in his place one who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom. But within a few days he shall be destroyed and not in anger or in battle. And in his place shall arise a vile person to whom they will not give the honor of royalty. But he shall come in peaceably and seize the kingdom by intrigue. With the force of a flood, they shall be swept away before him and be broken, and also the prince of the covenant. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, for he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. And he shall enter peaceably into the richest places of the province, and he shall do what the fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. He shall disperse among them the plunder spoil, and riches, and shall devise his plans against the strongholds, but only for a time. He shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army, and the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, and he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. Yes, those who eat of the portion of his delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. Both these king's hearts shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table. But it shall not prosper, for the end will still be at the appointed time. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. At the appointed time, he shall return and go toward the south, but it shall not be like the former or the latter, for ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore, he shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant, and forces shall be mustered by him, and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress and they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the, abom- sorry, the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many for yet for many days, they shall fall by sword and flame and by captivity and plundering. Now, when they fall, They shall be aided with little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those who understand, sorry, some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god, shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished for what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God for he shall exalt himself above all, but in their place, he shall honor a God of fortress and a God, which his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things, Thus, he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign god, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain. At the time of the end of the king of the south shall attack him and the king of the north shall come against him like a war wind, with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape from his his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over precious things of Egypt. Also, the Libyans, Ethiopians shall follow his heels, but news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore, He shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end and no one will help him. Hmm. Hold on one second. Chapter 12. who are wise, shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn away to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Hmm. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and acknowledge shall increase. Sorry, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and there stood two others, one at this riverbank and the other on that riverbank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then hmm? I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up the right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from that time that the daily sacrifice is taken away. And the abomination of desolation is set up. There shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end. For you shall rest and arise to your inheritance at the end of the And there it is. Guys, congratulations. (laughs) I want to say congratulations because if you've been with us from the gate, you have now, you have now read through the entire book of Daniel with me. And if you've been here from the beginning of our reading, when we've done this reading, you've read from Genesis now all the way to Daniel. And if you're an OG in the game, you've read all of the New Testament and now Genesis through Daniel. Now, if you're reading from a physical Bible, okay, Prophet James, good to see you, brother. If you're reading from a physical Bible, you can see how much of the Bible is the Old Testament. Y'all see that? Yes, Sheree, you are an OG in the game. I know you're one of the OGs. If you see that, look at that right there. Boom. You can see that the Old Testament takes a large proportion of our reading of the scripture. Okay, you can see that. So the fact that you've gotten this far, I mean, you've read now, Daniel, after this, we're riding out real quick. I mean, some of these books that we're about to read after this are literally like one session of reading. We've read our la- the, the last of what we call the major prophets and they're only called the major prophets only because of the volume of the writing, okay? It's not because they're major as in like they're of higher status or order, which can be true, but that's not why they're called the major prophets. The major prophets are called the major prophets because they're they're bigger books, right? Jeremiah, you know, we're talking over 50 chapters in Jeremiah. Daniel, we've got 12 chapters in Daniel. And then Hosea, you know, we've we've got quite a few chapters in Hosea, but then after Hosea, you've got, you know, two to three chapters in each book. So, so there you go. We've read through the book of Daniel and we're closing out the book of Daniel today. As I told you before, this reading rant isn't a Bible study, but more a reflection. It's a reflection and meditation. It's one in which we're seeking to understand, you know, to understand the word and, but, but not just to understand what the word is saying, but simply to understand who God is, to get to know his heart. You cannot read this word simply through the facilities of your mind. And I say that because often when people read, they're so busy trying to simply understand what each part of the word is and what this word means and what that word means and what this means and what that means. And while there is a place for that, you won't be directed or guided appropriately without the spirit of God guiding you. You can read this word and still in the end, not know God. If you don't submit yourself to say, hey, Lord, reveal yourself through the word. This is a discipline and a practice of relationship, prayerful reading, reading and speaking, reading and saying, God, speak to me, reading and allowing the Lord to reveal to you specifically what he wants you to know. It's funny because, you know, when we read the word, I think sometimes we all think that we're going to get the same thing every time we read it. But isn't it interesting How just through reading this word, this word that is alive, this word that is living and active, right? Spoken in Hebrews chapter four, this word that is living and active, that you can read it. And another person can read the same thing. And yet, one person is hearing something from God that they ought to do. And another person is hearing something else from God. One person is being convicted of one truth or reality, and another being convicted of another. Why? Because this is what the word of God does. It speaks to our present moment. It it speaks to who we are and who God is creating us and remaking us and restoring us to become. This is about a becoming through the word. If you read the word, and I'll say this, if you read the word and nothing about you changes, you're not reading it right. Say it one more time. If you read the word and nothing about you changes, then you're not doing it right. And I think, and I like how you just asked that lady Boss. like, how do we decipher? Well, first you got to just read it. And I think this is why this is so important because so many of us are trying to unlock. First of all, I'll say this. Daniel is a year's worth of Bible study. Okay. Daniel's intense. There's so much to Daniel, so much that we'd have to unpack so much that we'd have to decipher. And I like that you use that word decipher in the book of Daniel. And a lot of it, you cannot fully understand it. Or at least even begin to scratch the surface if you don't first expose yourself to the whole story of the scripture. This is one of the reasons why I want to endeavor to do this with you. This is one of the reasons why I say, I want you just to read through the whole Bible with me just read through the whole thing. If you don't remember everything you read, just read through the whole thing because you need to get the big picture. You need to get the big picture before you can sit and start unpacking and quote unquote, deciphering through the scriptures. This is where we get it wrong. We're trying to decipher this part and that part and this element and that element, this part of the scripture and that part of the scripture when we don't even have the big picture yet. And that's what we've done up to this point. And I hope what you guys have seen and, and I hope what you guys have observed as we've spent time in reading together is how this is a story of Israel. This is a story of a people. This is a story of the, the, the what we what at least the Bible, okay, what the Bible describes as the chosen people of God. These are the chosen people. And of course, when we think of chosen people, often we think of chosen people as They were chosen for power, or they were chosen for influence. They were chosen for political influence or political power. They were chosen. What does it even mean for them to be chosen? And we're going to get there because we haven't even seen that yet. We get to see the full revelation of what it means to be chosen. When Christ makes all of this, when Jesus makes all of this make sense. Okay? But they were chosen. What does it mean to be chosen? We're going to get there. But this chosen people of God. This is the story of these people. Notice that central to the historicity of this text is the children of Israel. Why are they called the children of Israel? Because Jacob, who had wrestled with God, was a uh, recipient of the promise of God from Isaac, Isaac being the recipient and the heir from Abraham, Abraham to Isaac, Isaac to Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Israel had 12 sons. Those 12 sons, had 12 families. Those 12 families moved to Egypt. In Egypt, they became 12 tribes. Those 12 tribes then became a nation. That nation was inside of a nation in Egypt. This was Exodus. So we have Genesis, then Exodus, then Leviticus. Sorry, then in Exodus, they leave. And once they leave that nation to go back to the land that was promised to them, back to where, um, back to where Israel was, they was overtaken by Canaanite nations. They came back to that land to subdue the land, to overtake the land. This is about Israel, y'all fam. I want to make sure y'all understand that. This is about Israel. And until you understand that, you're going to miss it. We read the Old Testament. And I don't know how many times I've said this, but I'm going to iterate this over and over again. We read the Old Testament as if this is something written to Christians. Like we read the Old Testament and we read it as if this is written to Christians, all the Christians in the world. There are Christians right now who they will read this and they'll go, man, look at Leviticus and look at the laws that we have to follow as Christians. Wrong. You're reading a story about Israel. This was the law given to Israel. Do you understand, family, that the law was not given to you? I know I'm, I, I, I'm speaking simple here. Okay, I'm a simple man, so I speak real, real simple. Do you understand that the law was not written to you? Okay, it wasn't even for you. It was written to the children of Israel. So, when somebody goes, well, you know, Leviticus said, well, that's great. Leviticus said that to the children of Israel. Are y'all catching where I'm at? So, when we read this and we read, we read Leviticus and then we read Numbers and then we read Deuteronomy and we see all these things, we can learn the principles of God, but these aren't laws that we're beholden to. This isn't if it was up to us, then if it was the law and it did not apply to us, then we have no chance at all. We have no chance at all. Okay. This was a law. This is why, you know, um, again, we when Jesus says to the children of Israel, to Israel, he said, I didn't come to abolish the law, but he said, I came to fulfill the law. Jesus was literally saying, I'm going to be for you what you could not be because what the narrative begins to expose is this reality that even though Israel made a covenant with God, a contract with God in Exodus, that we read in Exodus, and even though they made this covenant and they made this contract with God, they could not follow it. They continue to fail over and over again. Leviticus is a book about how God, through his love, and the promise that he has and make make sure you hold on to that word because I ain't got a lot of time but I want to get to that to through the promise that he had for the children of Israel established a new law a contingency plan the law of atonement because he needed to find a way and a means to give access back to him the life was in the blood and through the blood sacrifice now they had access back to God this was the law that was given to the children of Israel These people would sin over and over and over again. They would get it wrong over and over and over again. And in doing so, they had to, in response to that, establish a law, the law of atonement to give them access back to the God, because God is the God of his promise. He's the God of his promise. He says in his word that he places his word above himself. There's only one thing that God is under, and it's his own word. God places his word above himself. We need to first create a degree of separation when we read his word. We need to first ask ourselves, okay, hold on. All right. So this is actually written to the children of Israel. Once we understand that, the question next is, how does that apply to me? What does that mean for me? This is the part that we miss. Because we insert ourselves in places we shouldn't insert ourselves. And then we, by consequence, miss out on the whole story, the whole picture. We miss out on it because we're too busy trying to figure out which laws are we supposed to follow, you know, so that we can go to heaven. Here's another thing. And I'm going to, and I'm throwing this out there. And you know what? Let me just, let me just say it again, because, you know, we got new folk in here. So I got to make sure y'all understand this. Um, where have you read so far? Ooh, this is going to get, this might get me in trouble. This might get me in trouble. What, where have we read so far that following this law is what gets them into heaven? Has anybody, has anybody read that yet? Where have we, where have we read that? Where have we read that disobeying the law? The consequence of that was, was hell. What do we what, did did y'all read? Did I did I miss something? Or what did we? Am I am I, <laughs> am I am I by myself here? Or or y'all with me too, right? You guys have been reading, right? Yeah, you guys have been reading with me, right? And you you've been reading all up to this point. This isn't about heaven and hell, family. This is about the kingdom of God. Oof. This is this is not about follow along, get yourself a ticket so you can go to hell. I mean, go to heaven. This is about the kingdom of God. That's the part we miss because we don't actually know what the kingdom is. We think the kingdom is heaven. Now, realizing the kingdom is the full fulfillment of heaven on earth. (laughs) The kingdom is about God's rule on earth. That's why in Jesus' prayer, he says, thy kingdom, what? Come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't know how we read this stuff and we just ignore it. Like we read this stuff and we just, we just miss it. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Wait, the kingdom. No, we don't go to the kingdom. We don't get caught up into the kingdom. We don't fly to the king. The kingdom actually comes. There's a coming of the kingdom on earth earth as it is in heaven. That's the problem we miss. We miss that because we're so busy trying to think about what's going to happen and what do we need to do so that we can float up into the sky when we die. That we miss the mandate, the human mandate of establishing God's kingdom on earth. This is the part that I I emphasize over and over again because we miss it. Because central to God is his kingdom. Central to the human mandate is his kingdom. It's the kingdom. What did God give humans the mandate to do? The divine mandate from the beginning. And he created man in his own image, according to his likeness, and he gave him dominion. Did y'all hear that? He gave him dominion. You know what that means? You know what that word dominion is? That word dominion is rule. We are actually co-rulers. We rule the earth. You know, a lot of us don't see ourselves as ambassadors, as rulers of the kingdom. We actually don't see that. We're just, that's exactly right, Mike. We're, we, we're just, we, we don't understand what it means to be made in the image of God. We don't understand it. We miss it. We don't get what it means to be made according to his likeness and in his image. To be made in the image of God is literally to image God on earth, to be an extension of God on earth. That's what we are. God has given us authority. And because he places his word above himself, God does nothing on this earth without human participation. And while there are angels, as Mike mentioned, while there are angels and the Elohim that rule, in the realm that we do not see, humans have been given the authority and responsibility to rule in the realm that we do see. That's the part we miss. I know you guys have been um, um, joining me in in the read and rant on on Wednesdays, we've been talking about really what Ephesians is all about because we miss Ephesians. We get Ephesians wrong often. And really, what Ephesians is all about, because we make Ephesians about salvation. But what Paul is making Ephesians about is about mission. Okay, I'm giving a few, I'm giving a lot of spoiler alerts here, because I've been, I've been going real slow with y'all through Ephesians. But if you read Ephesians, Ephesians is not about salvation, it is about mission. It's the consequence of God saving us. God is saving us. To save the world. He's restoring humanity to restore his creation. God cannot restore his creation without restoring humanity. And so for that, we have such a small view of ourselves. We have such such a small perspective of ourselves not realizing the kind of authority we've been given. The destiny of the earth has been given by God to humanity. This is why Jesus had to become a human. This is why the Son had to become human. Because God can do nothing without human participation. This is why he had to come through the seed of a woman. This is why he had to be birthed through the water. This is why he had to grow up in Nazareth. This is why he had to live the life of a human, go through the pain and the struggle of humanity, experience all of it. He had to do all of that because without that, nothing can happen on earth. Just think about that for a second. Think about the kind of authority you actually have. We're so quick, fam. We are so quick to blame God for what's going on in our lives. So quick to say, God, why did you allow this thing to happen? God, why did you allow that to happen? God, look at all the evil in the world. We're so quick to blame God for everything that's going wrong in the world not realizing that God gave us all authority and responsibility for everything that's going on in the world. We miss it because we're too busy delegating what God has already delegated to us. No, the destiny of the earth is your responsibility. Everything that's going wrong in the world is because of humans. It's not because of God. God did not do this. We did this. This is the reality. So if humans are responsible, stay with me, fam, because we're getting there. What we see going on in the world is a product of human irresponsibility. Let me say that one more time. What we see transpiring in history, all the evil, manipulation, power, all of it is because of human irresponsibility. This is why irresponsibility is evil. I'm ranting, y'all. I'm ranting, okay? I ain't got nothing prepared. All right? I love y'all. I got the YouTube fam on. Thanks for joining. Thanks for liking. I Man, this is awesome. I love this. I love that I got my YouTube fam on. I got my TikTok fam. I got my IG fam. I got my Discord fam. I got all y'all on right now. And I see all the comments. I can't keep up with all of it. I see some that you just possess. You need to get off my chat. Okay. Just get off my chat. Okay. Um, I need, I need, I need more moderators. Let's just say that, okay. I need more moderators, but I want to make sure all you guys hear this and that we are all together on this to understand here that we don't delegate the destiny of the planet to God when God has already delegated it to us. But God has a rule; He has an order to things; He has a law by which all these things operate. That is what we call his righteousness. This is why the word righteousness is the same word as the word justice. Did y'all see that? Thank you, Bosco. Thank you. This is why the word righteousness is the same word as the word justice. This is why you can't seek righteousness and not seek justice. Justice is what is right. What is just is what is right. But, but, but listen, listen to me very, very closely, family. If God is just and if God is righteous, if God is the righteous judge, as we read in Psalms, that means that God is the arbiter of what is right and wrong. If God is the arbiter of what is right and wrong. That anything that veers away from God's justice is not justice. If it makes you feel better, it doesn't mean it's justice. If it seems right for you, it doesn't make it justice. Just because it has a semblance of justice is not justice. If, if God is righteous. And God's mission and who he is is rooted in the flourishing of humanity, the flourishing of each and every person to see each and every person experience flourishing. Pay pay, pay very close attention, fam. I got to make sure y'all hear me here. God did not establish these things to bring you down, to limit you. He didn't establish these rules and these laws that we see so that the children of Israel could be limited. He was establishing a people through his law so that his glory can come again. Because where God's glory is, everyone benefits. While Israel is at the center of this story, The glory through Israel would bring benefit to all nations. But Israel did what everybody else did. Did what was right in their own eyes. When you follow your justice over God's, and this is my problem with a lot of these justice movements, they're actually not rooted in the Imago Dei. They're not rooted in the image of God. They're not rooted in the heart of God. As a matter of fact, they want to leave God. They want to be their own God. Our legal systems, some of these movements, they call them social justice movements, but a lot of these movements are actually rooted in self-preservation and self-glory. And because they're rooted in self-preservation and self-glory, they don't bring glory to god and in the end don't bring flourishing to all making yourself better and more comfortable does not bring glory and flourishing to the rest of the world this is way bigger than you this is way bigger than you exactly right Asia. this is bigger than i'm just a good person guess what you're being a good person still affects other people You're being a good person isn't good enough. See how now we're we're, we're broadening the the picture and the image of what is actually transpiring here? Because a lot of us are still trying to get to heaven. That's what a lot of us are trying to do. We're just trying to get a ticket to heaven. That's what we're missing. We've read up to this point, where's heaven in this? There must be something bigger than that. It must be. It must be more than that. It's so simple, but oh no, we want to, we want to live our truth. We we want to live our justice. We want to do our thing. You're going okay, Pastor. I'm hearing you. You're saying all this stuff. What does this have to do with our reading today? <laughs> what does this have to do with Daniel? What's the point? I hear you, Pastor. We're like, what? Well, how did you get here? Because we see what Israel, what has happened to Israel when Israel has not chosen God's rule, but chosen culture's rule. We see what happens to Israel when the culture decides what's right and wrong. We see what happens to Israel when Israel becomes like everybody else. Instead of being distinct as God has made them distinct, the word holy is to be distinct. We see what happens to Israel. Israel has fallen under the same rule the same consequences as all these other neighboring nations. And now we get to Daniel. Daniel, who's a man who's of of honor and respect, not only among the Chaldeans, the Persians, the Babylonians, but before Israel. And he begins to prophesy and speak. And we see now at the end of this book Daniel has exposed throughout this reading, and if you if you want me to put this in a nutshell, what we've read in Daniel in a nutshell, and you're gonna see how it applies to everything we've seen here. We see two, we we see two worlds here. Technically, we see one, and we see. Let me let me back that up. We see two worlds: one that is, and one that can be. And the one that is is one in which we rule ourselves. Our own heart and our own truth. Babylon. Persia. Our own truth. And we see over and over again in this narrative what happens when we consider ourselves our own gods. Under our own rule. Doing our own thing. And we see what transpires at that point. We see the consequence of it. We see Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar turns into a beast until he admits and acknowledges that he is not God, but that there is only one true God. Then we see, um, as we continue to read, those who continue to glorify themselves. And we see the consequence of it. Hmm. Oh, and Daniel, who is in exile, is just waiting to go back to Israel, but Israel has been taken down. Israel's fallen to captivity. Israel has lost it all. When Israel was, when Israel was close to God, Israel flourished, and now Israel is far from God and has been scattered all around the world. Daniel is among those in Babylon. Babylon being the power, then the Medes and the Persians took over. Darius is the king. And then when it opens in chapter 11, also in the first year of Darius, the Mede, I, even I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia. We see kingdoms warring against kingdoms. He's saying that even though Darius may seem strong. There are other kingdoms coming. They're the kings of the north, and the kings of the south. Then the northern kings will speak blasphemy. What blasphemy will they say? They will say that they are their own gods and they have their own W and their own win. And then the northern kings will then, you'll see conquest, temporal victories, temporary victories. Then he says in chapter 12, at that time, Michael shall stand up So after he sees these victories and these things, he's wondering when will this all come to an end? Problem is, is that when it's your glory, it's a zero-sum game. When it's your glory, it's my winning leads to somebody else losing. When it's your glory, it's hard to see what the benefit is for the rest of the world and the consequence of your sin in regards to others who are around you. Oh yeah, they're winning, but then the Northern King wins. Wins for whose sake? The Northern King's sake. Who cares how anybody else, who cares what's going on with anybody else or how they feel or how it's affecting anybody else? He has power and gets to manipulate his power and honor himself and glorify himself as God. And then he's going to take over Edom and Moab and Ammon and Egypt. And he's going to take over the Ethiopians and the Libyans. So he's taking over North Africa. He's taking over all these areas. This is what the northern king is going to do. But then the northern king will fall. Only one kingdom will stand. And that's the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is not going to look like any of these kingdoms. This kingdom of God isn't going to look like any kingdom we have seen up to this point. Because these kingdoms are just about their own glory and their own power. The kingdom of God isn't going to have borders. The kingdom of God will not be culturally motivated or racially motivated. The kingdom of God will be one in which, through a nation, the nation of Israel, will come the reconciling of all people to God. And Daniel saying, When is this going to happen? When we do our own thing and live our own truth, this is what Daniel's exposing. When we live in our own power, our own comfort, Our own glory, it's temporary, and it destroys many. Your comfort could be destroying somebody right now. Just think about that for a minute. Your own comfort could be destroying somebody. Your own desire for power and position could be destroying somebody right now. This beautiful nation that we are in could be coming at a price. This kingdom is not one that's going to last forever. Are are y'all hearing me? But there is a kingdom to come that's not going to look like any of these kingdoms. And then in chapter, and then in verse eight, he says, "Although I heard, I did not understand." He's saying, "When will it happen?" He's like, "Time and a half." He said, like, "What does that mean? Time and times and time and, and half a time? What does that mean? Time and time and a half? Is it overtime? Overtime? When is this going to happen?" Daniel doesn't get this answer. And then, and then, and then in verse eight, sorry, in verse nine. He says to Daniel, go your way, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away. So it has to be a time when the daily sacrifice is gone. And the, abom- and the abomination of desolation is set up. There shall be 1,239, sorry, 290 days. Oh, great. We have a time. Great. 1,290 days. Some people jump in. Look, there it says it. 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to 1,335 days. Hold up. Wait. Wait, hold up. Wait, but you just said 1,290 days. And then you say 1,335 days. Which one is it, God? (laughs) But you, Daniel, go your way till the end for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. Ready for this? We can argue all day. By the way, there are so many debates on this. Wait, is it? Is he speaking about one day? He's speaking about another day? Is he? Is it for one moment and another moment? Is it, there's a 45 day difference? Is it? You know what happens during that period of 45 days? We're sitting around arguing and bickering and debating over this, and we miss the whole point of what God is saying here. He said, "The day will come when my kingdom will be established." You just don't know, and you won't know. It's on my time, not your time. However, my time is the right time. And when my time comes, you'll be fine and you'll be all right. God is not on your time. He's on his time. And often we're trying to get God to work on our schedule, not realizing that God is the author of our seasons. As a matter of fact, the best time is God's time. Because anything that comes before the time that it ought to come becomes a curse. A blessing before its time is a curse, fam. Ah. But God is never too late. He is never too late. He's always right on time. God's time supersedes our time, His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. So rather than worrying about when, know that it will be. Rather than worrying about when is God going to make all this stuff right? When is he going to make my life right? When is it all going to be straightened out? When is it all going to be good again? Rather than waiting for that, how about you just know it will? Rather than waiting for the moment in the time, maybe God wants you to live as if the day could be tomorrow. Maybe God wants you to live as if the day could be today. Maybe God wants you to live as if it can happen any moment. Because maybe if you knew the time, you would just do nothing till the time came. Maybe God hasn't told you the time because he wants you to live as if the time is now. When is God going to get this all right? What if he did it today? He could do it today. What if God makes it all right? He could do it tomorrow. He could do it next week. He could do it in 10 years. So why won't God just tell me? Because he wants you to live like it's now. See, the problem is, is we're living, waiting for something to happen when God wants us to live the reality that the moment is now. Your time is coming. and Your time is now. That's the issue that a lot of us have, is we want to control the when and the why. When God is saying, I'm going to make things all right, but I need you to live in it now. How do we live the reality of what God is doing now? By the way, family, if you now read through Daniel, you can understand now why John writes Revelation the way that he writes it. Are y'all seeing how Revelation now is, you're going to have a whole different perspective of Revelation? Because the truth here was what? The Revelation was sealed. Huh. Till the time of the end. It was closed up and sealed. And then at the end, when we read Revelation, what happens? The Revelation is unsealed. The end times are the now times. The end times are not not a time that we wait to happen. The end times are now. And the end times have always been. So live like it's now. (laughs) Live like it's now. Whatever promise you're anticipating from God, is it God's promise or yours? Because if it's God's promise, live like it's now. Whatever it is we aspire to see in the world, live like it's now. Don't force what it is. Let it happen. Let God bring it to existence. Let Him be, let Him be the author and the finisher of your faith. Though it tarries, wait for it. That word is anticipated. Live like it's now. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us here, Lord, to understand where Daniel's coming from. He's frustrated. And many of us are when we see what things ought to be like and to see that it isn't what it ought to be like and to find ourselves in this space, in this place. But wondering, when will we see your glory? When will we see things come to fruition? Yeah, Lord, you're not giving us the time because you want us to live as if the time is now. So, Father, let us live with anticipation. Father, let us live with urgency. Lord, believing that the time is now. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Live with urgency today, family. I'm going to write that down. Live with urgency. Urgency in your life, urgency in your business, urgency in your marriage, urgency in your children, live urgent lives because the time is now (laughs) urgency. Woo. That's it. And Daniel from here on out, it's coming. The day will be where you shall rest. Ah, your inheritance will come at the end of days when, Lord, live like it's now. Live like today's the last day. Live like today's the day of the fruition. Live like today's the day the kingdom is coming. For the kingdom has come. It is here and it's coming. That's another Bible study for another day. <laughs> Love y'all, fam. It's good to see all of you guys on Discord. Please follow us on Discord, fam. Uh, also. prayerfully consider becoming a patron. Okay, support us by becoming a patron. $10 a month doesn't seem like a big deal. But like like I said, I was telling my my Discord community, the goal to actually reach to a place of sustainability to keep on growing in this would be 100 more patrons. We're praying for 100 more patrons before the end of the year. And, And so I ask that not only if you're a patron, thank you so much for your support. But if you know someone who wants to support, who this is a blessing to, or you know someone who can support this i want to encourage you please support us it's patreon.com slash isaacfrere patreon.com slash Frere. and also join our discord community opus frere I want to encourage you guys join it that's where people get connected you'll get to see our patrons there you'll get to see the whole community there if you can't support on patreon listen live like it's now come every week come every day that we do our read and rant Join us for the reading rant. I want to thank my YouTube community. I got people on YouTube now who have joined us. Thank you for coming through. Uh, I'm encouraged. You know, it might be something that I do on the regular, and I may put up the reading rants. Maybe every other reading rant I'll put on there. On Patreon, I put them on right away. And of course, we have our Bible studies on Patreon. Join us for Bible study on Wednesday. We're still working through Ephesians. So I hope you guys can join us for that. And if you haven't caught up, if you're a patron, I need you to catch up. And I need you to finish reading Ephesians 1, all right? I'm just letting you know that. I'm throwing that out there. I need you to finish reading Ephesians 1. Finish it. Finish it, okay? And text me. Okay, that's free. 954-231-1848. 954-231-1848. I love y'all, fam. I got to edit this. I'm going to post it for y'all and make it available to you all. And um, I'll make this one available on YouTube today. little bonus. I'll make this available on YouTube. So, um, you'll be able to check it out, okay? Love y'all, fam. God bless you guys. I will see you guys tomorrow. We're going to continue. We get to kick off Hosea, y'all. Uh, ooh, Hosea, Hosea, Hosea. ooh we. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Hosea's going to be Hosea's gonna be a ride. I'm going to let y'all know that right now. Uh, Hosea's going to be a ride. So I look forward to that. But God bless y'all, fam. Is there anything I'm forgetting? Oh, the Reader Man podcast. Subscribe to the podcast, okay? That'll be available to you as well. Love y'all. Peace out.